Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 328. The team is back together. Welcome back. Team slash duo. Yeah. I mean... Dynamic duo. I, I haven't told you, and actually I did have a surprise that we were going to maybe get a, a third co-host. Oh, that hasn't really panned out yet, trois. obviously, because that a was supposed to happen trois. at the beginning of summer yeah. to kind of maybe give us a little bit more leeway breaks, but right. we can never take a break from this. No. We love it too much. Yeah. Uh, we true. talked a lot. Uh, a lot. We just talked a lot. Yes. Trailers, movies, comics. Comic books. Yeah. Just all, all the nerdy stuff that we always talk about, except a lot more. Yeah. Uh, hour and a half worth, yeah. actually. Which is extensive, because we talk a lot. Usually every podcast. That's the whole podcast is us so, talking. Sometimes it's just us <laughs> being like, we got to stop talking because we can't keep recording. <laughs> Fuck, even the hours worth of shit that we talked uh, about not on the yeah, podcast. We... Yeah, we, we've been here for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. No lie. Uh, so with that, uh, grab a cold summer uh, beer and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast episode 328, Beach Bods. start off by saying it's been so long I forgot how to podcast. I mean, I'm not going to insult us. We do know how to podcast. I was just we know say, how to podcast do, pretty well. Do, do, do we actually even know how to podcast to start? I actually just got a call today uh, about getting interviewed about our podcast. Seriously? I'm dead serious. From who? I'll, t- I'll tell you afterwards, but... Uh, what the fuck? You don't just drop this shit on me in the beginning of a podcast. Surprise! <laughs> Wait, been... they called you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna start leading the charge now? No, that's fine. Yeah. You don't have a job right I'm now. Gonna so giving, I'm gonna start giving. I'll start giving them all your number then. When, when you when you are employed, I will take more rain. <laughs> that's something I have to set up in the next couple of weeks, uh, and obviously we'll we'll let you know about that. Um, I would hope so. It's weird. Like we we haven't recorded for two weeks, but when you look at the span of when we recorded last, it's been three weeks. Yeah. Um. In all honesty. There was one weekend where I, I just, I didn't have it in me, uh, too hungover from a music fest. We kind of just skipped it. Uh, that happens from time to it time. It does, and it's okay. It really re- make it happen once, maybe twice a year, yeah. but no, once, so, hell, we're still, yeah. we're still rocking it. We're still pretty high up so. on the number. I think so. And then I, like I said, I had that one that I was waiting for this just occasion with, with Travis, Travis that I did yeah. back at C4. That was a good one. That was- Travis is always a good interview. The thing is, we we had to switch spots where we were actually sitting at first because there was a lot of noise. Some person started just whistling, which you can hear part of it, but then the person Assholes. just Who wouldn't does that? stop, like not understanding <laughs> that I am interviewing the the man, the legend. Uh, and so we we moved. I perfect cut, perfect like how ask him a question, he answered, and then I rolled right with it when we moved like three miles away to a quieter spot at that convention. The whole whole uh, hotel was just busy all around. Yeah. But yeah, so there was that and now we are we are back from our adventures. Welcome back. I do wanna say besides the fun I already said I was at a music fest and then wedding and 
all the other hoopla. Uh, I've missed you. Oh, I missed you too. Because honestly, I'm like, I have so many books that I've read. <laughs> There's so much news that's happened. San Diego Comic Con happened in there. I'm like, I have some nerd friends that I can talk to. It's not the same though. No, it is it's not. not. It's not, not what the we... same. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then it's like getting weekly drunk with you all talking about this bullshit. I do need to bring up one thing, though, that you had mentioned, uh, this amazing ice cream place. I feel you should briefly right. explain it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell this because if you live in the Cincinnati area, you should definitely fucking check this place out. And I actually talked to the guy who owns it, and he, he's looking to expand, and he said the only thing that's keeping him from expanding into Michigan is our fucking liquor licenses here are so expensive in Michigan, which is true. They're very expensive. Um, but so I went to this place called uh, the Buzzed Bowl Creamery. And it's in Over the Rhine in Cincinnati, which is their cool, hip, little hipster neighborhood. And it is booze, ice cream, and milkshakes. So what you do is you go in and they have a menu and they have like preset combinations that they've created that are really delicious. and that But you could also build your own. They have a bunch of different liquor you can choose from, and you can choose your flavors, and you can, like a Subway for ice cream. Cold, <laughs> Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they suggest for your first time trying one of the combinations that they've tailored, because those are perfect. And that is what I did, and I got the Kentucky Honey Bourbon Walnut Ice Cream. Shit was delicious. So what they do is they take all this stuff and they mix it together with the booze, all the ingredients, and it's so they must use cream. They don't mix the booze into ice cream. They take cream and they mix it with all the different ingredients and the booze, and then they use nitrous, liquid nitrous, to freeze it. And they'll freeze it soft for milkshakes and hard for ice cream. And they put a lot of booze in this ice cream, and it gets you very drunk <laughs> very drunk and the guy was like yeah it takes about 20 minutes but you should be you should be good in 20 minutes and I was very good in 20 minutes <laughs> to the point where I was like I'm we're not this is where we are for the rest of the evening we're not driving anywhere because Lindsay is drunk just suddenly on the sidewalk <laughs> it was so good though ingenious I can't like if we had it in Michigan and Grand Rapids every day I, I would be an alcoholic and really fat. Like, <laughs> yeah, two things that sound delicious together, but probably shouldn't. You shouldn't eat it every day. Uh, oh, so good, though. So if you guys get a chance to check it out, if you're in the Cincinnati area, it's Buzzed Bull Creamery in Over the Rhine in Cincinnati. Look it up for the address. So fucking good, though. So good. All right. Well, we do have a lot of news and other things to talk about. But I do want to touch on a couple books that have come out. And a lot, for me, a lot of kind of endings, things kind of closing, some story arcs. Um, and I'm kind of just going to do some bullet points because I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about them later when they truly end. But I'm actually getting a bit sad Aww. while reading the Transformers books. Because Aww. I know in a few weeks they are going to be done. Actually, it's starting now. I think it might actually go till October-ish. But th reading some of these books, seeing some more Autobots dying, seeing, you know, the twists, the turns, 
in both Lost Light and Optimus Prime. Plus, then you got this extra thing of Unicron where you're actually reading about the battle Unicron. It's it's crazy, and they've done such an amazing job with this property. It's it's hard to say when when certain books come to an end because you know Thor. You know, if they had a story arc like the last story arc with Lady Thor and everything. We know it's going to continue. Right. Uh, the Avengers right now, they're kind of rewriting uh, with the Celestials, and that is pretty amazing. Um, it looks like the big battle is going to conclude next issue. Uh, so that kind of story arc's coming from men. But you know there's always going to be Avengers. Yeah, there's going to be more after that. We know there's going to be more Transformers, but they've been making this Transformers for close to 13 years. That's a long time for any comic. a single continuity. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. is that has been so rich in the history that they've built for this one. It is not the kind that we grew up with watching uh, cartoon shows or the the Marvel UK run um, or even the Marvel United States run when they had it there too, or the Dreamwave that when they try to reinvigorate that with the Generation One robots from the cartoon and everything, it has similarities. It has who the main people are, but how they interact with people, how the starting of the war and everything, it's being flipped on its head and it's amazing because of it. But holy shit, if you were to just pick up one of these books now, it's not a, you can jump on and understand <clears throat> jack shit. You know what you should do when you have some free time? Which is I have tons of free which time. Which is every day. Um, <laughs> hopefully not forever, but you should, you should build our readers a, a list. If they want to read this, series key issues to read it's hard though because there are some spotlights of certain characters there are some this and that but almost every single book you could probably maybe take out maybe 12 some there's a few fillers okay. everything else kind of has really going towards the plot and then if you took one out you wouldn't make sense. Even within one of the... it. Uh, sometimes there's the editor's notes for when they mention something right. and you may have forgot. It goes, the Christmas special from like two years ago. Like, That's that insane was a, that for was a, a joke, 13-year series. Joke, dumb one that I yeah. enjoyed uh, because it was a, an off one but the way they can. were doing the storytelling. But yeah, it's part can and everything. And they then referenced it again as if they mm. had plans to have that all along um and i do know that they had this set plan for where they want to go i'm talking less about the books which i probably could because anyone that's read them is reading them you're not going to be able to pick them up but right and just understand but it's more than meets the eye <laughs> i feel like that's the easy one you just did that you went for the easy one yeah uh yeah so that's uh coming to an end uh I also kind of the money more from Power Rangers, so I'm going to all my my love, my childhood joys. That is the battles kind of getting wrapped up with this uh, shattered grid thing. Sure, but this is also something where that's a two year old book. They are doing what seems like an end all event. It's crazy, and I am loving it. But I'm also like, where do they go from here? Because this is such an amazing story. So compelling, getting all these different teams together, um, having just every. It, it's hard to explain without explaining it, unless you know or know uh, Money Morph Power Rangers. You'd be a little bit lost in of itself. 
I feel like if you don't know Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you're not reading Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This one, though, you could... Yes. True. This, though, I feel is a little bit more. You can pick up right at Shattered... Actually, you probably read two uh, of the books beforehand to kind of know what's going on. But really, the Shattered Grid, you could kind of have started a couple months ago. And you'd really be... You'd be loving it. Because the first uh, two years of the Power Rangers books were kind of how you remember them. Right. So it was the same team and everything. I mean, spoiler alert, but there's multiple different universes with Power Rangers, sure. and that's what Shattered Grid is. And in this main one, Tommy is no more, and he's kaput. Aww. Uh, that's a big thing of, like, is that going to be retcon afterwards? Or where, like I said, they're showing all these Zords from the other ones where in the time-wise, because they're also kind of... A lot of time travel and shit, too, which I love how they're telling the story. Are they going to get new Zords, then? Or are they always going to have the, the Mighty Morphin type? But if they get new Zords, they've already shown all these other Zords of these other teams. Are they going to actually make some comic book Zords? That would be cool. Like, that are not ones that have been seen in yeah, any of the Yeah, not like shows. a Ninja Steel or Samurai or anything. Cool. That would be a way for them to set themselves apart from what's happened in yeah, the TV Yeah, and series. you can easily make whatever you want oh, yeah. of Zords. and Yeah, they're robots. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Maybe Transformers could cross over <laughs> and they just hollow out some of them. That's how Transformers ends. <laughs> they just tie into the Power Rangers and the Power Rangers are like, no more brain for you. <laughs> the next iteration of teenagers with attitudes they're all on a construction site and then here comes devastator uh so that is amazing and i love where that's going um the one that i really want to talk about though i feel we we're gonna get into the news with that so i'm gonna let you okay discuss some books um so i read the end of descender Number 32 came out. The yeah, another ending. I yep. knew that one came out. Yep. Um, beautifully written, beautifully drawn, as always. Um, the I have to give a shout-out to the lettering in this, um, which was done by Steve Wands, because it's being written by a... You can very clearly tell it's being written by a child. Like, there's a child telling this last issue, mm-hmm. and they're talking about it as if it was in the past. So it's it's... I mean, the the story ends. Like, this story ends. It's done. Lots of stuff happens. I'm not going to spoil it. But this is a final... This is a final issue. Like... Except for we know it's But it's not, not a final <laughs> issue. But it is. Because the, the way they set it up, you know who... You know who is going to survive, and you know who isn't going to survive. Like, they don't leave... A whole lot hanging and it is devastating and the decisions that he makes in this book are heartbreaking um and it's the whole series is so good but the fact that there's this child telling it and they're telling it as if it's a story their father has told them year after year after year is very clearly setting it up for what the next series is going to be which is a sender which has to do with magic instead of robots and the person that's telling this story is the child of Andy, who is the kid from the beginning of the novel, who's Tim 21's companion, mm-hmm. who then grows up to be a scrapper, and the, the whole story kind of revolves around that relationship. So, and robots are gone. 
So you find that out at the at the end. The best part of this book is uh, Jeff Lemire's like author's page at the end where he explains that the ending to this book is not what he originally wanted. But Image did something a while back that was, um, I can't remember what they called it, but they asked all their ongoing properties to look 25 years into the future of their series and write an issue taking place oh, in the I, future. I remember that. So they did that for Descender, and it was based on the the one issue they did where the driller robot falls into this planet where they meet uh, Mizzard, who's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds very... Is he uh, also a lizard? Charles Soule <laughs> writing, more than Jeff Lemire, um, but introduces magic into the book. And after they did that issue, and then they did that, you know, he he did this 25-year look in the future, and he included the magic part. And he was like, I can't, I can't end this book the way I was going to. Like, there's more to this story than I thought there was going to be. So it makes me very excited to see what it's going to be in the future. And again, this book is fucking heartbreaking. There, like, this is the end of existence. One of the last pages is it, it shows all the different planets that are in this galaxy, and it shows the population, and it shows the population crossed out, and it shows the new population of the planets. And it's just total life devastation in this book. It's completely insane. They go from, like, a pot, like their main planet, Nairata, goes from, I don't know, what is it, 100, 1 billion people to 456,000 people. So, like, it's, it's total devastation. Like, they wiped the human race down to maybe a little bit over a million total across all the planets. And then, also, all robots are gone. So, like, this book ended. <laughs> Good thing they have magic, because they're fucked. <laughs> this book ended. Ended hard. So, I'm looking forward to see what he does next, because... Just, I mean, he just they just rip your heart out, and they're like, you know everyone that you liked in this book? Sorry. <laughs> That's like worse than Thanos. <laughs> it was insane. And it was intense. The whole book was super intense. And the art that Dustin Wynn does, of course, makes it look beautiful. All of it. All the devastation just looks really beautiful. You can't hate it. Um, the other book that I read, X-Men Grand Design. I think I reviewed the first one of this series. This is the third. It's um, one and two did like the original X-Men run. And... The second Genesis starts with X-Men, Giant Size X-Men number one, where they introduce the new team, Storm and Nightcrawler and Classes and all that. Um, and it just runs through the history of the X-Men from that point until, like, the end of the Dark Phoenix saga. So this is all of my favorite X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cover has Jean on it. So it's not, it's not anything, if you've read X-Men, it's not anything new. It, it's really just a, a compendium. Yeah, pretty much. John, very interested, you know, on on newsprint. It just looks really cool, very old looking style of illustration. Uh, my favorite part in the coloring is anytime they use their powers. The powers are illustrated in like a bright, 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 bright white, which is a hard thing to get on newsprint. Um, totally makes it stand out, which I thought was super cool. So if you if you have not read X-Men 
and you would like to start, let me tell you, you can't start from the beginning. It's impossible. You will spend the rest of your life reading X-Men books before you even get caught up to what's going on now. Yeah. There are so many fucking X-Men Exterminations started in a whole other <laughs> event right yeah. now. Yeah. You, there's no way. There's no way you can start from the beginning. So if you want to, if you want something that helps you get through the history without having to read every single fucking book, this actually does a very good job on touching on the, the key points of all of the main events that happen, including there was a the whole thing in here where um, they find out that, that when they revealed that Wolverine's claws were part of his actual skeleton, like they even touched on that. Very briefly. And all it was was Banshee going, oh, I didn't know your claws were part of your skeleton. <laughs> as they're driving in a car. That's literally the only one panel where they discuss it. But it's a very important part of the X-Men mythology. So he, Ed Pesker does a really good job of like distilling these very important moments in X-Men history down to like a panel. Mm-hmm. Which is impressive. Uh, lastly, I read Superman number one. Um, I don't read a lot of DC, and I especially don't read a lot of Superman. And you know what we especially will never read anymore? <laughs> Fuck Batman. <laughs> um, and I probably won't read more of this. Okay. You didn't like it? No, it was good. I'm just not... Superman's not my jam, right? He's not your jam yeah. either. Um, He's becoming more my jam, though, for some reason. This was... So it is... I mean, it's not a reboot. It doesn't start over from his origin or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It does follow where Superman just found out that his planet was destroyed by an actual person and not because of a natural disaster like that was storyline. That's fucking stupid. I'm hoping that's a whole red herring. Yeah. That's... I mean, that's... That's where this book picks up. And that's it's, why I didn't... I I was going to get back in... Or I was going to... Not get back in. I was actually going to get into Superman yeah. until I heard that crazy bullshit. And I'm like, come on, Bendis. Yeah. You love fucking with canon. You, this is one of those that you... Yeah. You fought for getting him the shorts back, but all of a sudden, <laughs> like... Okay, fine. We'll give you that. You don't need a fucking right. make Krypton blow up for something else. Um, and John, his son, John, has gone off into space with Jor-El, who is still very much alive. Okay. I didn't realize that he was still very much alive. Did not either. But apparently he is still very much alive. Lois went with him. And in the in the battle against this person, I can't remember the name of the character. It's Kazar it's a very, or It's a very something. Kryptonian name. Or Super Rogal Zar, yeah. Um, in in Superman's battle with him, his communicator with Lois was destroyed. <gasps> and there the is. only okay, that's the only way. Yeah. No, no other tech geniuses that, <laughs> or maybe a living fucking cyborg that could. It's just it was so so like the very first part of it is him going. Uh, oh my god, I can't get in touch with Lois. I need to go find them. So he goes off into space. And then he runs into an armada that's coming to destroy Earth. So he does that instead. And then while he's dist- while he's fighting this armada, he's like, ah, oh, Lois can handle herself. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back to Earth. And, um, you know, it has some really nice, like, it shows him laying in bed by himself. And it has, like, a little flashback scene of when Lois was there. So it's like him reminiscing about when he wasn't by himself. Sort of stuff. My favorite part of this book, though, is um, John, the Martian Manhunter, uh, shows up and he's talking to Superman. And basically he's saying, 
you know, at one point in time, somebody mentioned that you and I were cut from the same cloth because we are both refugees from a destroyed planet. And he was, and he goes to Superman. I always thought that was untrue because my planet was destroyed from war and yours was a natural disaster, which are two very different things. So I never connected with you in that way. But now knowing that your planet was destroyed by a person and not by natural disaster, I think we have more in common. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but while they're having this whole conversation, because basically Martian Manhunter is trying to get Superman to embrace the fact that he's the hero of the people and take lead and all the thing that they try to do with Superman, like once every other year. Um, they get five panels into a conversation and, you know, Superman with his hearing is like, uh, hold on a minute. And then he goes off and he, and he saves somebody and he does something or he stops something. And then he comes back and they continue the conversation. He goes, oh, hold that thought. And then he he flies off and he saves something and then he comes back. So you have this panel of him fighting like a dinosaur or saving (laughs) kids from, like a burning building or fighting something in space. And on the bottom is like, he's like, ah, ah, hold that thought. And then he goes off and he does this thing in the bigger part of the panel. And then they have another three panel conversation. He's like, oh, it, it, hold on. And then he flies off again. And I'm like, how is Martian Manhunter not just super pissed off at this point? Because he could, he could help with most of this stuff. Yeah. Like, he is Martian Manhunter. And it's funny because he actually says at one point, you know, I can help you with this stuff. And he goes, oh, there was fire in this one. Which, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's yeah. one weakness. <laughs> so, I thought that it, the, the way the panels were laid out and the fact that he kept leaving and coming back, I thought was just kind of a funny way to progress the story. Um, yeah, I was... It didn't make me want to read Superman more, but it wasn't bad. I mm-hmm. like I like Brian. I like Brian Michael Bendis better than you do. Oh, and I, like I know when you he like does, him, but you like, he fucked up some shit for you. Yes, that's the thing. Yes. I like when he doesn't fuck up shit. He can yeah. write good, compelling stories. But it just seems like he can't even go to Wikipedia to see what the damn thing was yeah. that he wrote last month. Yeah. So, uh, turns out, spoilers, la 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 la. If you don't want to hear this. Um, Earth is in the Phantom Zone. Okay. And my one complaint about this is it happens very suddenly. Like, he went out to space in the beginning of the thing to look for Lois, and he did not notice they were in the Phantom Zone then, and then he came back, and then he went out to space again, and then he was like, oh, we're in the Phantom Zone. When did that happen? Did it happen in between those two times? Did he go out the first time and didn't just didn't notice they were in the Phantom Zone? When did Earth go into the Phantom Zone? Yeah, well, I'm sure that is the mystery. <laughs> Probably was, why he can't find Lois now. It was a it was a little confusing as to when this happened because it was literally just like all of a sudden it was in the Phantom Zone. It's very hard to move a planet into the Phantom Zone. I would imagine it's very hard to get a person into the Phantom Zone, let alone a whole fucking planet. Planet. <laughs> planet <laughs> so I don't that makes me want to see what happens and then of course on the bottom it says next Rogal's are returns so there's going to be more of that shit why is earth in the phantom zone that's what I want to know that is the magic of storytelling it is of because this whole book was kind of like alright it was, it was fine and then you get to that and you're like fuck why is earth in the phantom zone so I guess thanks Brian Michael Bendis. Now you're going to make me read fucking Superman. But... <laughs> <laughs> Good did job. Draw you in. And it's not going to be explained for another four issues. I know. Good job, I guess. 
He did what he was supposed to do. He did do what he was supposed to do. Before I get into a book that I really want to discuss, but then again, I'm going to be hand-tied in discussing it. Holy shit. Oh, yes. There is a lot of stuff that has been changing within the comic book world, and I forgot, actually, before when I was briefly going down things, about Infinity Countdown. A, I will say this. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, I... For some odd reason, I knew that it was a countdown to an actual Infinity Wars yeah. books. However, I did not think that. That sounds like you're peeing. It does. It's <laughs> wine, everybody. I'm going to pour it closer to the microphone now, so don't think that I'm peeing on the microphone. That would be weird. It's just wine. It is the color of pee, though. Jesus. <laughs> you're, you're ruining my review. Uh <laughs> This was a great series to set up where the stones are at, uh, especially in this new Marvel Universe where they haven't appeared yet. To have this countdown to kind of show who's get and who even started with some of the stones, it seems like actually almost all of them have switched hands now I think of it. So, yeah, so the people that started with them don't have them now. Actually, one person still is. But anyways, regardless, uh, it's been great. And then it's going into Infinity War, and with Thanos showing up and everything, you're kind of like, it's going to go into the same fucking thing. Except for when you realize Infinity War Prime came out this week, so it's the primer of Infinity War, and we now have a new big bad. Is that Thanos? <gasps> What's happening? Exactly. Who is that? <laughs> that is what is happening, and you're kind of like, who, who, what? That's Requiem. That's a new... Requiem? Yeah. Okay. For new a Marvel bad. Uh, killing Spree. Uh, there's been already talk before this book even came out of who that's Requiem a, would be. That's but, a powerful panel. But, yeah. And that it's just like... Okay, so this is going to be something totally different. And amazing. And the checklist is fucking huge with a lot of different books. God damn it. Yeah. Fuck your checklists, Marvel. But as some things come to an end, other things come to a beginning. Let's get to a real big ending, shall we? <sighs> Saga. Do I need to leave the room? Number 54. <laughs> uh, it depends, because there's a lot of shit that happens in this book, but nothing more than what normally happens yeah, in there's a book. Every, well, every Saga book... That's the one thing I love about Saga is even the ones that are slow, air quotes, slow, aren't every every panel of that comic book is important. Yes. Uh, even so much so, uh, someone just got Thanos. I guess that's a new term that we can say. Mm. And that is not the only... Oh, no! Spoilers. Yeah. That... <laughs> Sir Robot the Fourth, Prince, Prince or Robot. Prince Robot? Yep, uh, is he got taken off of his TV stand? <laughs> <laughs> trying to think, his his, his his entertainment center was detached from his television. His Netflix subscription has been <laughs> canceled. Canceled. <laughs> I really should have thought of a little bit more of that before going into this review. Uh, and there's not much I can review because then there is a huge fucking battle. That between uh, who the Will and Marco? Oh wow! And it is so good. And what I always love is when you have Hazel when she's narrating. Sometimes, usually, it's always at the beginning and end. But this one, she's 
talking about, uh, you know, getting beat up and doing things. And this is how you know this is an important issue, though, with Saga is Hazel narrates an entire when she narrates an entire uh, issue of a comic book for Saga. That's when you know it's a very important issue. Well, not only does but she pretty much primarily narrates this whole thing. Because there is a lot of pages that don't have words. Yeah. I mean, they, they do a little bit, but having a full-fledged comic book... God damn it, Fiona and, Staples. She's and she, amazing. I, <laughs> this is when you have to give the artist, like... I mean, Vaughn I mean, is an amazing writer. I and mean, obviously he had to do the layout for the what's happening in mm-hmm. his panels. But Fiona Staples... What's even best oh is this next, this next page where... Starts hallucinating mm. about past uh, people. Cat. Yeah, and what what is said from these words, and then when you get Lion Cat to get him to kind of wake up, there is so much shit in this battle, and unfortunately, because if people haven't read this yet, I've told the two players in this. Uh, there is a big break coming up in in this uh, a year. saga. A year. There's a year break coming up in this book. With the other deaths in this book, there can't be a year break. What the fuck oh, happens? There is a year break. Sorry, guys. Yes. It's, it's kind of the. It's totally like the cliff. Uh, epic cliffhanger. Very much so. Yeah. When this book comes back. Uh, it's not going to be the same book yeah. at all. In which case, I don't understand. Like, I understand there's a direction because they can go many different ways. But with these people gone, how does it continue? Right. It is. They have a plan. It's, or they don't. And that's why they're taking <laughs> a year break. <laughs> I, I, I remember him saying that he always he had a, a finite many that he wanted to do. And that he does know how the story ends. Maybe from... He knows from A to G, but right. in between stopping points. However... it Like, in Descender, though, he Jeff Lemire knew how that story ended, and then it changed. True. <laughs> uh, with Saga, there's been so many ups and downs. Normally, in these small couple-month breaks, it always ends on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And this is a world where... Anyone can die. Right. Let me repeat, anyone can die. It's the Game of Thrones of comic books. Very much so, where you actually become invested in some of these people, but you think some people have plot armor. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're here, they can't. Um, Just kidding. It's the Game of Thrones of comic books. (laughs) There is no plot armor. (laughs) It, uh, It was shocking. So I had actually... See, so at the end of this book is actually the same exact thing that has been going around uh, social media of Third Letter. Because um, Brian K. Vaughan, at the end of all of his books, does his, you know, talks to the people. Like, yeah. wow, that was something. Can't wait till next month. Or right. Let's get on to the, the letters. There was no letters at the end of this one. It was just his letter to fans stating what is going on. They have things to do. He's talking about some of his other books that he has out. Um some other projects that Fiona has and everything. And it, I always like it when they actually talk about other uh, books, actually. Mm-hmm. Like when he's talking about Marvel and DC and stuff like that. Because you don't normally, publishers don't like 
mentioning Cross, other people. Yeah, intermingling. But when yeah. you have people that are of high caliber, they can mention whatever fuck they want in their right. books. and Well, and it's image, too, so technically it's their book. Yes. But he explains about how, you know, the editors there, they were supportive of everything. Because image is probably being like, that. no, like, we need you to publish this because that is a, we make money, too, off of it. Yeah. And we've been always supportive of you taking a couple of months, but and they said at least a year. Yeah. Who knows? I, I can almost imagine they're going to come back within a year next summer. Maybe at Comic-Con again, they'll have it debut, but it could be longer. I have full faith that it's going to yeah. be as top-notch as it always oh, has been. That's why sure. the fans of this book have always allowed it to... They've always made sure they have it on time. Mm-hmm. A lot of places can't say that. Uh, Doomsday Clock has been... Uh, Intermittent. Delayed, yeah. you know, a couple times here and there. But I think sometimes maybe some of the bigger publishers may need to... Either they get other writers, which they do on some of these books, or other artists... So I guess it doesn't matter with the big two because they don't really give a shit of right. anything. But maybe some of these other books, they just need to say, hey, ahead of time, get out in front of it. Be like, we got a backlog of some things, but we're going to take breaks. Do what Brian K. Vaughn does. Yeah. BKV. Be like BKV. <laughs> uh, but, wow. It, so having read that it was going to take a break, I'm like, all right. So this is going to probably end on a cliffhanger. and One hell of one. One hell of one. Yeah. Crazy. Great. <laughs> Great. It, I mean, I would imagine that writing a story like Saga it has to be uh, intensive and draining. So I'm hoping that them taking a break is just for them to like gather their creative juices so that when they come back, it's like full force again. You know, you know well, now that you say that, it, I don't really remember a fun time reading this no there's not like the, so my favorite character in that book was the ghost nanny i can't remember her name at this point but you remember she was the little she yeah. was like the teenage girl who was a ghost and her little entrails were dropping out the bottom of her because she was a ghost and that's how she was killed she was my favorite fucking character she was the heart and the light of this fucking book and they killed her and she was a ghost <laughs> they killed her off in this book and i like i took a like the issue that they killed her off i was like i just need a break from this book. i did like her i think <laughs> gus is my favorite right now uh, he's he's, so he's just so cute. cute yeah uh i think there'd be riots i think if i think he has plot armor of yeah. cuteness uh maybe or maybe he not he could die very cutely though <laughs> yeah true <laughs> he would die he dies and cotton candy comes out instead of blood <laughs> i don't want to go friendo <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what did Gus do? <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, I. so there are some, there's a few happy moments, but every single issue has been it's someone dying, someone dying. It's a big downer. And, and it's, yeah. it Somebody is dying, a, them fleeing for their lives, people struggling to live, uh, drug addiction, all they, I mean, literally, just all kinds of... Oh, fuck, I forgot about shit. the drug addiction. Yeah, just all kinds of, like, literally... Problems that we have in day-to-day -day life put into space. Like, it's such a relatable book, and yet it's not relatable at all because they have fucking wings and horns and magic, and then they're in space, and they have televisions for faces. <laughs> so it's not relatable at all, but it's entirely relatable, which is probably why this book is so successful. 
And it will always be, even yes. a year later. We will let them. That's what you can do when you write a good book. You can take a year off, and everyone's like, well, that sucks, but we'll read it when it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how to segue into some news. Uh, I was going to say, you know what is not relatable? <laughs> $71.3 billion. What's that? That is the amount that Disney paid Fox for. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew that number already, yeah. but it has finally officially been approved. Yes, the shareholders of Disney approved the merger, or the purchase of Fox, 20, 21st Century Fox. The Fox people yeah. approved. Uh, the, no, the Disney shareholders approved it. And and Fox. Well, it's It's been approved by the shareholders. Yes. So it's, it's moving forward. It's... One step closer to being finalized. I don't know if there's anything else they need to do. I believe there is one. Done. From what I heard, there's like two rounds of this. But if they already had, I think the initial one in the beginning of the month where people kind of like, oh, I'm going to sue or blah, blah, we're not getting our right price. And then there's lawyers that will say, hey, my guy wants a couple more for a share, blah, blah, blah. And it's all a tactic. Then there's like an official and then like one more official. But it's going through comcast is actually already withdrawn yeah so there really isn't anyone else bidding for it so unless the fox people are like we don't want all this money right there's no reason why they wouldn't uh keep going with it so there are rumors going around that um because of this merger the fox movies that have already been created specific to the marvel universe aren't coming out new mutants and dark phoenix i would like to report to everybody that this is not true I don't think it matters because these movies are going to be very bad. So we should all... Like... Well, New Mutants, <laughs> I almost think, though, because they're supposed to start res- or the reschedule. F- they're going to reshoot, like, 90% yeah. of the movie. And I don't know if that's already... Well, yeah, because Fox is... They already said, though, too, anything that Fox has been doing they're won't be disrupted because right. there's... Even at the handshake, there's still another year until they officially even... Right. Get that. So, yeah, they have to finish right. the projects that they have money and into. And I think Dark Phoenix is done. Well, Dark Phoenix is done. So that one is uh, kind right. of stupid. But I could almost see them saying, uh, fuck yeah. this new mutants thing. We're yeah. going to just take a wash at the couple million that we paid for it. Uh, but I kind of want to see it at this point. I kind of want to see both versions. <laughs> yeah. The way shitty version right. and what they the possibly make. Version, but I'm also probably more shittier version. I don't, I'm not uh, thinking that it's going to be all that great, to tell you the truth. Well, no. None of these movies are. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I do want to see what they do with the Dark Phoenix. I'm not going to lie. It's like morbid curiosity at this point, though. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of uh, movies not being made and switching and who knows what's going on with them, Netflix has uh, just recently, as of this week, uh, purchased uh, Andy Serkis' Mowgli movie. Now, that was slated to come out October 19th. I've been following this, because I always loved the Jungle Book uh, before, and when they had the live-action Jungle Book, which I gave a lot of shit for, because I'm like, but it's not live-action. There is a person who's also half-time CGI'd. Yeah. It's who framed Roger but, Rabbit. But it's, yeah, they're CGI'd <laughs> yeah. things. They're not, if it was somehow they could get real animals to act, I'll agree that it's a live-action Jungle right. Book. However, after watching it, though, those animals were seamless. That that CGI was amazing. Yeah. I enjoyed it for for what it was. I just wish I mean I need to keep saying live action because it really right. wasn't I mean, in that 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 yeah. realm. At the same time, Andy Circus has wanted to make his Jungle Book movie for forever, and 
there's always two movies of the same type thing, Deep Impact and Armageddon oh, and yeah. all those things. But his got delayed. Uh, he always said his was more, it's different than what actually Jungle right, Book it's was. it's supposed to be like after Jungle Book. Right. Kind of, yeah, it's going to have a bit before yeah. and then, yeah, it's more of Mowgli's life. Right. That's why it's called Mowgli. Right. So Netflix has bought that from DC and they are still planning on releasing it in theaters as I, well as... I think it's funny that you said bought that from DC because they actually bought it from Warner Brothers. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> but are they, they're pretty much one and the same at this point. <laughs> that is true. Uh... So that means it's going to be on Netflix then instead of in theaters? No, it is. They still are having a theatrical release. I don't know how what the, what it means with that. It probably, huh. after it's in theaters... Then it's going to go right to Netflix? Could go right to Netflix so that instead of like making some DV sales, yeah. there's like, oh, we're going to get some subscription sales for the few people that didn't go. Right. This is actually a movie that I, I'll, I'll go see with sure. my movie pass. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> What do you mean, maybe? <laughs> uh, you know, MoviePass ran out of money this weekend, so nobody can use MoviePass at this point. Uh, although they did say that it's back up and running. However, they say that it's they back, say up, and that it's back up and running. Yet. People, and it's funny because I was reading that, so I read this whole thing that happened. So MoviePass ran out of money because it's blockbuster season and they didn't expect so many people to go to the movies. Well, hello, you're offering people fucking cheap ass ways No, to go no, to the not movies. only that. When your whole business plan is you pay 10 bucks a month and you know if they see one movie, you've already lost money because most right. theaters are more than 10 bucks yeah. a month. You need to make sure that all these people don't go see a single right. movie. So not so they are they are blocking the Mission Impossible movie, although they Fuck, say I'm although they say that. they say that they're not, but they are. And the biggest thing right now is so they ran out of money, so you couldn't use your movie pass for a whole day. Friday, I actually, I think it was Friday and Saturday, which mm -hmm. is like peak movie going to time. Oh. Um, and so then they got, I don't know where they got the money from, but they got it back up and going. Uh, however, people are still reporting problems. If you go to the theater and try to use your movie pass, it's not going to work. You have to do e-ticketing and they only do e-ticketing with a very limited amount of theaters. That's how they're getting around to be like, oh, we're still in business. Yep. yep. So if that's you, why I want to just go see one more movie to get like <laughs> just get your money's worth. Yeah, because I think I I mean I got my money's worth this month with Ant Man, but I think oh I saw Mister Rogers as well, which Ugh. was amazing. Go see that. I do want to go see that one. Um, so I mean the concept of Movie Pass is awesome, and who doesn't want to go see fucking cheap ass movies? Who doesn't want to go see a movie every day for ten dollars a month if they can? Uh, not a sustainable business plan not really i don't know what they were thinking um if you have a movie pass go use it as much as you can because it's probably not gonna be around for much longer all right <laughs> tony go <laughs> use your movie pass as much as you can i don't even know if any of the theaters if they're partnered for e-ticketing around us i don't think so either so you're screwed all right yeah yeah all right. i don't know what i'll do um you know what also is coming to an end the Simpsons comics. Oh, after a long time. After 25 years. Yeah. Uh, Almost it, as long as the show's been on. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to, it's ending October with their 245th issue. Uh, much isn't known if uh, Bongo Comics is uh, going to uh, continue on with any other of the, I mean, they really only have like two other imprints, I yeah. believe, there. They might be folding. It's hard uh, to run a comic book company. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so who knows? But uh, it's kind of uh, interesting that uh, another big comic book uh, book is... Maybe Boom will pick him up. <laughs> well, it might be more of Matt Groening's... Uh, he's got a lot of shit going on, uh, especially with that new magical oh, Futurama. The D&D show, basically. Yeah. On fantasy, Netflix or fantasy, whatever it is. Futurama. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to check that out when it that, comes out. I, I, so Futurama is hands down one of my most favorite animated series ever. Um, I've watched the entire series at least ten times. I fucking love that show. Um, so I'm very excited. And, uh, you know, The Simpsons is good. I like it less than I like Futurama. But I, I will check this new one out. It has a lot to live up to, though. So, we'll see. Um, you know what has to live up to the hype? Trailers. Trailers! Movie trailers! And a lot of them that came out of uh, San Diego Comic Con yes. were amazing this year. Now, I will straight up say, uh, I didn't feel there was a lot of major things that happened this year. It was kind of a low-key Comic Con this yeah. year. Yeah, but... Some of the trailers over there were on point. Yes. Uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, looks amazing. Yes. And I wish I knew the little girl's name, but Eleven from... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember her name either. Yeah, she... Uh, there's a scene where behind there's like a monster coming out and it's red glowing and it almost feels like it's uh, Stranger Things. Uh, that was great. Uh, Shazam. Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, oh she's my a... god, Shazam! Can we talk about Shazam? Uh, my fifteen-year-old hated it. He hated this trailer. Fuck your fifteen-year-old so much, and he's like, "That muscle suit is ridiculous." And I was like, "Yes, it is. His costume is ridiculous looking. Mm -hmm. It looks exactly like it did in the fucking comic books. Yeah, and ridiculous <laughs> and I, in the comics. Yes, and I kind of love it." Um, so the guy from Chuck, I don't know the actor's name, but he was in the TV series Chuck, uh, plays the adult man version of Captain Marvel, basically. DC's Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they're definitely not calling uh, no. Zachary Levi. Yes. They're not calling it Captain Marvel. I would love if they someone made that joke. There has, there's got to be like, oh, Captain Marvel. Wow. I can't, you can't call me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a girl's name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he does such a good job playing a, a kid in, like, a grown man's body. Like, the scenes where he's Shazam, Captain Marvel, um, hands down my favorite part of the whole trailer. The kid that plays uh, Billy really? Batson, I think he does a very good job, too. Mm -hmm. But I think the key to this is going to be Zachary Levi doing the job of being he's he's still a kid that's the whole thing about the thing is he's billy batson is a kid and then shazam he's a fucking grown-ass man mm -hmm. which is very weird <laughs> the whole concept is very weird um so if he can pull that off and it looks funny which we haven't had a funny dc comedy or dc comic in book. ages ever yeah yeah so yeah. I, you know, I'm crossing my fingers for that one. Uh, there's also Aquaman. Yeah. You don't sound very excited about Aquaman. I I love the trailer looked beautiful. Uh, uh, everything about this I'm excited for. Sharks and armor. I just have a underlying dread 
of what we're seeing some of the best things, yeah. but we saw that with a lot of other movies it's from true. DC. It's true. AKA Warner Brothers. So the minute in that trailer that Aquaman, Jason Momoa, hops into that submarine and turns around and looks at the camera and goes, permission to come aboard. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have my full permission to come aboard. I sold. Done. Stop the trailer there. I'm sold. I will watch this movie five times. <laughs> you don't need to show me anything else. And then they gave me Sharks with Armor, which is fucking <laughs> awesome. So, I, you know, it's, I don't want to get my hopes up because it is a DC movie, which means I will most likely be let down. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that also came out of Comic-Con was DC is now calling their, their I, I mean, I guess saying worlds, but that's kind of what they're going to start calling them now. Instead of the DCEU, right. it is going to be Worlds of DC. That evokes uh, a lot more of the 52 multiverse. It, well, it just seems these too... else worlds type titles like the Martin yeah. Scorsese Joker movie. Yeah, which there's a lot of more actors going on to that. And so when you have to see how does it fit into an extended universe, I love that if this is, they're actually going to take the advice of this direction and be like, let's just start making some good fucking movies. Yeah. We don't need to tie them all in together. And then if we do later... We do. If not, they're their yeah. own separate universe, their world. Yep. I hate to tell you, DC, but you do not have Kevin Feige uh, building your world. So yeah. it's just not going to work out. Well, that's what Jeff Johns uh, was even saying. If they do a new Green Lantern movie, you can't just make them the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. They, they are not. No. They are, but they are not. Yeah. Like, well, and it depends on what, what Green Lantern you do. If you do Guy Gardner, you can make it the Guardians of the Galaxy because he's ridiculous. <laughs> but then you're just. But if you imitating. do Guy Gardner, you're also very stupid. Don't do a Guy Gardner movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, DC also plopped down their trailer for Titans, and the only thing I have to say about that is, fuck Batman. Yeah, that was. <laughs> they obviously included that to get yeah. more people to. Yeah. Get, that was so much on social media. So many people. We're sharing that video. Fuck Batman. Oh my god, he said fuck Batman. Well, this is not an all ages show, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, you know, I mean, Robin's always been kind of a little bitch. So, mm -hmm. the fuck Batman comment makes sense. He's never said it in the comic well, books. Well, and they, but they called him Robin. They did, did they call him Dick, though? I feel like they did, but I also heard people saying, maybe it's not Dick, maybe it's Jason. I'd see Jason being a bit more of fuck Batman. I think all of the Robins end up being a little fuck Batman. Though. <laughs> Honestly, like really. That's true. <laughs> they all kind of end up hating him in the long run. Dick Grayson, when he becomes Nightwing, he's just totally like, I can't deal with you anymore, Bruce. Sorry. <laughs> fuck Batman. So, true. I mean, it totally makes sense, but it's also like, well, I mean, this is Teen Titans. My mind, when I think of the Teen Titans in TV form, is Teen Titans Go!, which is that fun little animated show from Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. So then you get this one where he's like, fuck Batman. Like, well, I mean, you didn't have to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of Cartoon Network, did you hear about the controversy of She-Ra? Oh, I'm sorry, all of you male fans out there that can't masturbate to the new She-Ra, <laughs> but I don't feel bad for you at all because... I think this show looks fucking awesome. How do you know it looks awesome? There's only one picture. I think it looks awesome. And that's why I don't think anyone awesome. could judge 
However, she looks awesome. I, I want to say this because I'm not taking a side on any of that or touching on a 10 foot pole. The pictures look like she is a younger sure. teenager. Which would be awesome because they didn't do that. I, I do feel that maybe she should still be more of an adult. Her figure, I could give two shits less how yeah. she looks. But I do think that totally changing the dynamic of her being like a 13 year old is drastically different in the world than an 18 to 21 year old right. uh, person. So let me say this as a fan of she, I watched She-Ra and that's not up. body type at all. Yeah. That's just age and maturity and mindset. I watched She-Ra growing up. She like, that was my girl. She was legitimately like, so I grew up on rainbow bright strawberry shortcake. And then there was She-Ra. So she was one of my first influences that was like, she's a badass. She, you go back and watch these shows, and she's not so much of a badass. Like, those shows are terrible. They do not have rewatchability. Have you tried to watch He-Man? Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's not... They're not good shows. I'm fine with them redoing all of these. Thundercats? <laughs> that Thundercats reboot was fucking awesome. I'm... The, so the new one does Fuck not that. look great nope. at all. The, that one you can give shit about. Yeah. The, the anime-style one that they did, that show was legit, and it was fucking crazy that they had to cancel it because nobody was watching it because it was oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, this She-Ra, I can get behind. And most most of the shit online is like dudes being like, ah, She-Ra, she doesn't look hot anymore. And I'm like, dude, guys, this show is not for you. This show is for girls. This show is not for you idiots. It is for girls to watch and have an empowered female character that she can get behind. This is not for you. Well, she- one of the big things, too, is the reason why She-Ra looked like that was because... At the time, he, uh, Mattel owned He-Man and Barbie. Right. So she and Barbie big, wanted yes. to get the small percentage of girls that were watching He-Man with their older brothers and somehow get to them. It worked. So they just redressed a Barbie. It worked. Barbie has certain proportions. Yep. That is why she looks the it way worked. she does. And now, granted, again, though, I will say this, though, having that... Cause I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm siding with the with the shitty guys, but I'm not. But I will say this: when Prince Adam turns into He Man, he is the epitome of right. what a guy should be. He gets very muscly. He still has that terrible haircut. Though. If and Shira kind of always looked kind of same. She never got muscular. No, she but looked I hope exactly that, the same with less. I hope on. that yeah, true. I hope that this one becomes a little bit different maybe right uh do a shazam ish maybe she is a younger girl but then turns into an adult i don't know but i don't want to see the the storytelling be teenager ish when it should be young adult right uh type if that makes sense sure and i mean we'll all, we'll have to wait and see how it goes and i'll, I'll say nothing is going to beat the unit mar or what the fuck uh what are they the, the universe um Masters of the Universe. Oh. I was going to say Marvel's Universe. The Masters of the Universe uh, revival that DC did about four years ago. Oh, the comic book? When Orko was evil and you found out and then She-Ra came back, but she was actually uh, a bad guy assassin yeah. at first until Prince Adam could break the spell. That was some badass shit. And actually Justice League, uh, or Injustice, and He-Man just crossed over. Yeah. And they have a comic book. I didn't get to that yet. They even I did. Like, but, so here's the thing. The cartoons suck, but the mythos of that is well, amazing. Mattel even did a whole toy line that was He-Man versus the DC Universe. So you got like Skeletor with like Superman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So those toys were super cool. I will have to say this. 
the the animation styles of He-Man, of She-Ra, of Thundercats were very 80s. That was the style of animation back then. The animation that they're doing for She-Ra, and the, even the animation that they're doing for the new Thundercats, very now. And we're just fucking old-ass farts who want it to look the way it looked when we were kids. And the kids nowadays are like, that looks like shit. <laughs> and we want it to look the way we want it to look now. So, I get it. They're not making it for us. They're making it for them. So, as long as the story is good, I guess. Uh, I like to be the person that comes up with good segues. And I could go two different routes on a couple of different things I know we want to talk about. Um, I... Take the road less traveled. Well, now, now, now the segue <laughs> talking about it, I, I totally lost the way I was going to go. And now I was just going to start singing Aerosmith, Janie's Got a Gun. <laughs> I have no idea what you're leaning into. Because James got a gun. Oh, God. That was... What was the other segue? Let's go with that one. Okay, I was going <laughs> to talk about... Well, because it's part of actually this whole discussion with James Gunn. So, the segue is going to be start talking about Rick and Morty um, with Dan uh, Harmon. Right. Because he uh, also got kind of brought up in this too, but that got squashed quickly saying... Cartoon Network saying, nope, uh, we don't care. We're not firing him. Yeah. And then these trolls online are going after the next celebrity who had said something. And we don't like needing to talk about stuff that causes controversy that is controversy. Because no. we like to have all the facts right. afterwards. So sometimes when it's big news, we won't discuss it. Some things that we don't like talking on this show is politics a lot because we don't need to divide just, people yeah. when comics should bring people together right. you know we are you know not in there to cause strife however there are some trolls out there who also don't like some of these creators political ideals and because they are very outspoken on these political ideals they have gone through the past of some of these people's uh twitter things seen some poor, mistasteful jokes yes, and bringing them up. And with the situation with uh, James Gunn, he has now been let go from Disney. I, so, okay. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a little bit of a feminist. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of a feminist. I never noticed. <laughs> um, and a little bit liberal. Just a little bit. Um, I do not agree with this decision at all. Uh, I allow for growth in people. And the shit that they dug up for James Gunn was like 10 years ago when he wasn't even a name in Hollywood yet. He was working for Troma. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a Troma movie. But they can cause them a little controversy in and of their selves. Uh, the fact that Disney was like, oh, you did all this stuff in your past? We're going to let you go. And they didn't. You know, movies like Song of the South. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a little like the pot calling the kettle black at this point. Mm -hmm. Because... Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. That's that's actually one of the bigger things. I think, though, uh, Disney is trying to be too uh, sensitive. And it's something that I'm not even going to talk about the political ramifications of things. What James said was, it was terrible. Oh, those jokes that he told that I read, they were ridiculous. Yeah. And they were exactly the type of jokes that people who 
are starting out are trying to They're trying create, to create controversy yep. uh, will do. Yep, exactly. There are a ton of other famous comedians who now, uh, realizing this, are going not only to James' defense, but also just deleting their entire history. They're deleting Twitter because they're like, yeah. well, and shit. And it doesn't matter. These, these, So these things, these jokes, James had already deleted from his Twitter a long-ass time ago. Guess what, guys? All of this shit is archived on the internet. You cannot take back anything you ever say on the internet. Yep. Let this be a warning to you. If <laughs> if you don't want this to come up in your future, don't say it on the internet. Now, what? how would you then uh, respond to the people that are like, well, it serves them right. I mean, uh, Roseanne just got fired for... For current comments. Oh, so so wait. So there's a difference on yes. when you say things that are inappropriate. So that is the difference. It's that not is... that you said something so much. It's that, A, you realize you've grown from it. Yeah. I mean, we all did shitty stuff in our youth. Yeah. I have a lot of things that I regret from my early I'll 20s. tell you, thinking of it, though, I said a couple stupid, inappropriate jokes on this uh, podcast that even afterwards my brother goes, you know the way you said that, uh, yeah. this, this, and this. I go... Oh, fuck. It happens. And you know what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I said those things. I will never be able to run for political office no. for many other reasons, but yeah. even then... people It happens. People say things in poor taste. If Roseanne would have had said the... So the stuff that Roseanne tweeted, had she said it 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and then was like, I, I mean, I really regret what I said. Mm-hmm. It was in poor taste. I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I was taking advantage of social media. I didn't really understand the impacts of it yet. Uh, it's different. Yeah. I mean, or where she told- where she recently just said, "I didn't even know the bitch was uh, or yeah. wasn't white." Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, that does not help your case at no. all. So I mean, there's gonna be a lot more of this uh, right. coming out because these trolls think that. This is somehow the appropriate, and so what Adult Swim did with Dan, they did the right thing, and they're like, no. And if they find more and more famous people are realizing they need to shut their, not say, even making a joke here or there, comedy is an art form, and you need to be able to push the norm in comedy. That being said, there are some subjects that are taboo that you probably just shouldn't make jokes about. No, you shouldn't. Especially if you're a male. But if you're a, but then if you're a female, there's certain jokes you still shouldn't make if you're a female. No, but yeah. some of them may do it, yeah. and you know what? You, it's they're not. I would like to say this: Have you ever hung out with a teenage boy? They're ridiculous. They say the worst fucking things on the planet, and it is 100 percent all just to get attention. I have one, and he's an idiot. <laughs> like he says things to me that I'm like, dude, don't, don't say that. Ever. Again, out loud, anywhere, ever. Like, it's just... And James Gunn wasn't 15 when he made these tweets, but he was very young. And it's... You just... I don't know. It, there has to there has to be a way for people to redeem themselves. Because if we're just going to criminalize people for what they said 15 years ago, it depends on the way they view it now, right? If they said something 15 years ago and they stand behind it, that's different than somebody saying something 15 years ago and going, I was completely ridiculous. I completely regret everything that I did back then. I've completely changed. Like, James Gunn doesn't talk like that anymore. Yeah. And I get why Disney did it, because they're a family company. But then again, I go back to, well, you made some poor decisions in the past, too, Disney. I mean... 
there is a petition going around. There's a lot of people that are coming in his defense. I don't even know if he'd want to, but he had a vision for Guardians, and yeah. that was those are some of the better. It's of not, the, I don't think it'll be the same. It, it it's won't. not going to be the same. So uh, it's a little sad. I hope I hope things come back around. I understand the anger behind what he said. They were terrible things, but again, uh, I mean. We it's have, a difference from the Roseanne thing it, that also just it is, and it's thing. it's different from a lot of things that have been dug up on a lot of people's past comments, and I'm not going to get into details, but there is a difference because if there's regret there, then that's that's a good sign, and if there's not, that and you defend it, then that's completely different. Yep. So, uh, so speaking of the past or the future, depends on where you're at. Uh, <laughs> Time we is know relevant. We, we know at least in the present, Arnold Schwarzenegger is filming another Terminator movie. What? Yeah, Arnold. Uh, it's something that uh, has been known for a while now that they were playing on Terminator versus Trump. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, because I know he's he hates Trump a lot. I know. This is not um, a political statement. This is just a statement about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's currently right now. Um, Filming uh, the new Terminator movie that's uh, being directed by uh, James Cameron. So they're going to believe, they're going to ignore all these shitty ones. And I think this one is supposed to pick up right after uh, T2. Oh, okay. So like somehow, Isn't and you can what, do it with... Was the TV show, well, so do you remember the TV show yeah. that was on? Wasn't Was that after 1 no, or 2? That was also after 2, but yeah. because of time travel, they then went back in between yeah. the two. That's the nice thing about Terminator. They were there when things were, yeah. Yeah. They can so do whatever they the fuck can, they yeah. want. Yeah. That's what they're just going to have him show back up. Almost like a, a Doc Brown, Marty McFly, yeah. like before he lowers himself into the lava. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> we got to go back. <laughs> Back to the future. <laughs> um, I have one. Uh, this is kind of an uplifting uh, tweet. So uh, it now uh, marks the four-year leak anniversary of the Deadpool leak. <laughs> oh, when they released the uncut, well, not the when raw they, footage. We don't know who did it. Uh, um, Ryan Reynolds, though, uh, you know, has said many times that it was not him. But he just tweeted out, uh, it's been, been four years since the leak anniversary. An update, still searching for the bastard who leaked our test footage onto the internet, causing Deadpool to receive a green light. I'm taking <laughs> over the investigation myself. Hashtag angry. <laughs> uh, thank you to whoever did that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe, though, that was for... It's crazy, but it makes sense. Well, now there's been two... So those movies went quick. Yeah. Yeah. Which they... is great. They leaked it, so they leaked it four years ago, and then we got the Deadpool movie like that January after that. I feel like. No, it was a year after a year. So because it leaked around San Diego Comic Con, right. so around now. Yeah. Yeah, they started filming the next year, so it was a a year and a half because okay. it debuted third uh, or But that also after that did they greenlit, so then, yeah, that would make this past year then two years after the right. first one. Fast. So. And on on X Factor. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I so uh, Walking Dead, not uh, Walking. Not, oh yeah, not a great show anymore, unfortunately. Um, you can disagree with me if you want, but I stopped watching it because I just got incredibly bored with it. Um, clearly, so did Andrew Lincoln, because <laughs> he's done. Nine season nine is Andrew Lincoln's, who plays Rick. 
his last season. So no more Rick, no more Carl. I don't I don't read the comics, but aren't they like the basis of the whole story? They're, well, I mean, there's more, ba- but that's what it's always been. Yeah. The, the Rick and Carl story? Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And I also think the... Um, the actress who's the playing Maggie, Maggie is also leaving. She's leaving too. So what we're just going to let... Uh, Norman Michonne Reedus. Just, and Norman Reedus yeah. totally just control the show, which is fine. They're both amazing characters. Maybe it'll be better. Rick is kind of my least favorite character. So Rick and Carl are actually my least favorite characters. And the, the books are show. so amazing. But yeah. that's, again, the difference between the two. And it could be just the same, some of the same people. They could, But a totally different show than without right. these characters. It'll, it, that's, it's going to diverge. It's already diverged from the comic books quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But losing both of those characters, and then Maggie, of course, diverges just completely like they do a U-turn and just are like, we're going to go this way now. Guys, sorry. Not a, the, not the same at all anymore. So, I mean, I stopped watching it, so maybe I'll, after season nine, I'll watch it and see how, if it's better. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the showrunners have been getting sick of being asked all the time about what is, and Robert Kirkman is too, of what caused the virus. And they... Robert's always said is never going to tell you guys and that's not something that needs to be known and then people will pick apart the reason and everything right so uh, at Comic-Con two things happened uh, one during the panel there's a bunch of people that kept asking it so one of the showrunners just got up and goes alright it's the meth from Breaking Bad and then Kirkman took the microphone and goes yep that's what caused it so that's canon now I mean it's just <laughs> some fan theory that was been out there and uh, they just kind of ran with it uh, but the real reason, only two people in the world know. Robert Kirkman and his nine-year-old daughter. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, I hope to God that he does as a joke, because now this girl is going to be hounded for the rest of her life. Yeah. She's going to be in high school. Well, yeah, what, what's um, the reason? What's the reason? What's the reason? You're the, you're, your dad makes Walking Dead, right? Why Why are there zombies? Yeah, yeah. Why, why why, what happened? I heard yeah. that you were the only other person. Was it voodoo? Was it magic? Was it a virus? Was it the math from Breaking Bad? 28 Days Later type thing? Yeah. Poor girl. Yep. So uh, (laughs) I do hope that he comes out and says, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't let him. Yeah. Because, yeah, nine-year-olds are are smart enough to be able to say things, too. Yeah. Actually, I'd just love for her to just start making up shit. She just gets on Twitter and starts just throwing out random-ass shit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That is something I do like knowing the world and stuff. I gave up really caring about that a long time ago. The, The... People yeah. are the compelling things in the book, because I still love the book. Yeah. Like, all things comics. Uh, Buffy, are you a Buffy fan? Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I was, yeah. Uh, I didn't watch all the series, but... So they they went through season 8 on the television series, and they did seasons 9, 10, 11 as comic book form, all following Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And they are rebooting Buffy the Vampire Slayer 20 years later. Is is where it's going. I don't... And everyone lost their shit collectively immediately when that was announced. Because when you say that you're rebooting something, it's 100% in everybody's mind. Oh, you're starting from the beginning again. So Mm -hmm. somebody else is going to play Buffy and you're just going to retell the story. That's not what's happening. Buffy is not going to be the main character. I... 
don't know if they're even going to call it Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's just existing in the Buffyverse. So they're picking up 20 years later with a new Slayer, which is entirely possible because in season eight, the Slayer, whatever, inside, because, you know, you have, I don't know, it's just, the Slayer thing is weird because it can just be awakened in you and then you're a Slayer. And to fight the big bad in season eight, they awakened the Slayer in many women and there was like 20 Slayers in season eight to fight the big bad. So, you know, it's entirely possible there's another Slayer. There's entirely possible that there's many other Slayers. So this is just going to be a new Slayer for a new time. Not rehashing the old shit, which is important because there are a lot of people that love that old shit. I love, I, I remember when the original movie came out, was huge into the supernatural type things back then, especially Dracula. Yeah. I wanted to be a vampire so badly, would dress up at Halloween all the times. And so this cheerleader in high school is a vampire. I'm like, what the hell is this Van Helsing shit that yeah. is like, a little bit corny, but also kind of cool and yeah. I fucking... love that movie. A lot of people hate that movie, especially the people who love the television show. I fucking love that movie. I think it's hilarious. Um, Pee Wee Herman is in that movie, whatever his actual real name yeah. is. Uh, his death scene at the end, I thought was hilarious. And my favorite scene in that entire movie is when Buffy goes to steal somebody's motorcycle and the guy goes, they took motorcycles. Like, how would you like to feel some real power between your legs? And then she's like. Okay, thanks. And she jumps on his motorcycle and drives away. I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's how I'm going to live the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> well, I had such a huge crush on, crush on Christy Swanson yeah. then uh, that even when me and Derek got to finally meet her at Comic-Con, just like, oh, you're still gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and yep. Sarah Michelle Gellar, she also took that, my heart, the, too. The show, I mean, I cried over that. There was just, the show was very good. Jazz Whedon, I mean, it's Jazz Whedon. He's, his TV shows are always good. Well, until they get canceled. Right. And Buffy's the one that didn't. Buffy's the one that didn't get canceled. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, I mean, it had its it had its ups and downs, but for the most part, it was a very solid show, and it, and it, his character building is amazing. So, I mean, they're working with Jez Whedon on this, so I, I we'll see how it goes. I think it'll, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Or it won't, and it will last for three episodes on Fox, like most of the other yep. shows do. So, it's handled. No. Uh, no wait, yeah, those would still be Fox. I was gonna say because then I don't Fox doesn't have the rights anymore. Disney oh. does, so Disney would say yeah. But now, nope, I think hey, it's, those would still be Fox. But maybe no, no, they because, might make nope because they get Simpson. They get well, they're selling off the stations. I think they get the property rights. Right. But I think they can't have the actual. So maybe it wouldn't thing. be Fox, but it might I, still I think air on. Into, yeah, it might still, still air, air on, on Fox. Fox, right? Uh, if they're smart, it won't. they can they can take it to many other places um the the only other thing i want to add is uh marjorie lou sorry if i'm pronouncing your last name wrong it might be might be liu apologies um she won an eisner award for best writer which is kind of a big deal the eisner awards are like the academy awards for comic books so they're the big deal awards for all everybody in the comic book industry um she writes this book called monstrous which i read the first couple of and stopped reading, not because it was bad, just because I, I, I'm always behind on comic books. Um, very good, though. Uh, so she won Best Writer. She's the first woman to ever win a, win a Best Writer award for the Eisners. And the best thing about it is when she found out that she was the first woman, her tweet was like, 
what? I'm the first woman to win this award? (laughs) That's ridiculous. But also, thank you. So, congratulations to her, and also, really? It's 2018. (laughs) How is she the first woman to win this award? That's ridiculous. But at least now, it's the glass ceiling has been broken. So, hopefully there will be more in the future. Alright, uh... Booze in the book this week. Uh, going to start off with the booze, which is going to be Summer Shandy. It is a nice summer beer. It's one of the first kind of beers that I enjoyed that could just sip uh, while at the beach. Paired kind of with three books. One that specifically uh, talk about in, in detail because the other two, they're just pinups. Uh, we had Aspen uh, Splash 2018, and then we had the Xenoscope uh, Swimsuit Edition. I'm going to say the Xenoscope, uh, hands down for scantily clad. Yeah. I mean, the Aspen one, still beautiful ladies. I always look at, I mean, why, who wouldn't look at these? It's a yearly tradition for you to review these at yeah. this point. And, and there's really not much to review. Yeah. It is just some artists that are taking uh, some of the the characters within those universes and just, they're pinup. And just, they're pin-up and just books, making them yeah. almost halfway dressed how they normally are right. in the comics because right. that's <laughs> a little less so on Aspen's part, but uh, they're a little more tasteful in theirs. But uh, the real one, going with those two themes, why I read this book because I thought, oh, DC has one. DC's Beach Blanket Bad Guys Summer Special. I thought it was going to be Sounds one of these like things. Sounds like it would be a pinup book, yeah. Yeah, and of bad guys. And... Also, with guys being, hey, you guys, not just men, but right. I also had thought, oh, this is going to be a pinup of men, right. which I thought would be kind of funny, but... It would be hilarious, because now I'm picturing Bane with just his mask That's on. That's what I was going to And, like, swim trunks, yeah. like, lying provocatively on a towel. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, the Riddler and Joker and stuff. So I was, like, thinking it's going to be something like that. The Riddler. You know the thing where you put the sunblock and designs oh, on your skin? Yeah. So you just got the Riddler with the sunblock and the question yeah. mark on his chest. <laughs> Tan all around. He just has a banana hammock that's an ex- exclamation point. <laughs> Don't want to put a question mark there. <laughs> no, so this uh, this takes... Uh, there's ten different... Or two, four, six, eight. Yeah, ten different stories in here. All revolving around summer, the heat and everything. And it's it felt a bit... I love DC's villains. So I was uh, happy to find out that this was not what I originally was getting into thinking... Right. And it was uh, a big book. It was like 80-something pages, uh, one of those giant size. Something you can read on your beach blanket. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Uh, <laughs> a lot of these were great. I think the first one, how it was drawn and how creepy it was with it was Joker really, versus Bizarro. Really fucking creepy looking. Um, it was a lot of good stories. Like I said, this one was revolved around... Uh, you know, Batman fighting bizarre. So it was all the bad guys take uh, what they were doing during the summer heat. Uh, he obviously was killing people. Um, there's uh, one in here of uh, oh, fuck, now I forget her name. Uh, not Chitara, Cheetah. Um, Cheetah, um, Princess Diana. The one, two of them that I really enjoyed was Lex uh, Luther being broke down uh, because, and he's firing his whole. Uh, energy uh cell battery uh car people he's like the elon musk of uh the dc universe and some guy coming and just trying to help him out and the guy has a superman tattoo 
And so Lex is not wanting help, but or he had a, f- a flat too, so he's getting it fixed. And he's just like, looks like he's gonna murder the person. And this is like the second story, so I'm like, is, are these gonna turn out dark? Some of them do, some of them don't. But this one, in in the sense of, how could you have that tattoo? And when he's just talking about, you know, I I I, I hear you. Like Lex doesn't know what's going on in the world at all. No, but he like. <laughs> He goes into his little quick, uh, you know... This is why Superman is terrible. Of, yeah. You know, how can you be that in a person like that? How does it make your, you know... It spits in your humanity. It spits in your potential. That there's a God up there that can do whatever. You know, it's an insult to our future. And then you get this person going kind of like you're right. And I'm like thinking, oh, shit. Maybe this is a, you know, a new uh, buddy cop, you know, story. He's going to pick him up and be like a new henchman. And he gets like that. Things aren't getting better, you know. Things are sucking in this world. But you then uh, you see a small interaction when he had before he gets his tattoo of Superman and just Superman, you know, feeling like he's not always up to it. And it takes everyone to lift up even the smallest person. And so that's what made this person move from Metropolis and go on out and remember to help everyone. That's why he's helping Lex and. The guy, Lex was trying to give him tons of money, be like, no, you got to, you know, take money. He's like, nope, that's, uh, you know, I'm just... It's not the Superman way. Yeah, you know, I'm just doing what Superman would do. And you can see in his rearview mirror just Lex being pissed he about that. so angry. I love that. It was such a good story, a Lex story. Um, there was a, a Black uh, Mana one in here, also kind of tragic in how that ended. Um, two that I also really enjoyed... Uh, this Mr. Freeze one, uh, how it goes about and everything that happens, it made sense. Uh, I, I love this creation that I think is going to come back within the main comics because they said they were just testing it. However, I'm not reading those main comics of, right. of where he would show up, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but that was also, it was also kind of a heartfelt one. All these kind of had, uh, oh, the Groot one, I forgot about that one too. Uh, Gorilla Groot and... Oh, that was oh, uh, but I like the crime syndicate one, and it was you know who the crime syndicate is, right? Yeah, sure. And during the Forever Evil arc, you know they're predominant in this world. Uh, they are Earth three. Oh, I forgot the penguin one too. I'm pretty much talking about all these stories in here. This this that, book was really good, is what Tony is saying. Yes, but the crime syndicate <laughs> one was a holy shit of uh backstabbing from all of them and everything and it ended on like a note of like hot damn like i did not see you know them saying that and oh my god i i'm just like they so little, compelling they give a little into the fourth fourth of july yeah. yeah current times um really good fucking stories i can just not stop talking about so again uh Summer Shandy, you can just yeah. enjoy that. And uh, I'm going to disagree with you and say that this should be paired with a different beer. Because <laughs> my beer of choice for the summer Doesn't is, have options like <laughs> Summer Shandy does. It's called Sea Quench, and it's from Dogfish Head Brewery. And it is hands down one of the most refreshing beers I've ever had in my entire life. It Not. Lime with sea salt, and it is so good. And it's called Sea Quench, and you're pairing it with pinups at the beach, so I think it's entirely more appropriate. Well, I was really pairing it with <laughs> the DC so, bad guys. T- Tony's summer beer of choice, summer shandy from Lion Kugels. Lindsay's summer beer of choice is Sequench from Dogfish Head. So, 
you know, drink both. Yeah, there you go. Just drink both of them. <laughs> oh, um, glad to be back with you. Oh, damn, we went uh, way over on this episode, but yeah, yeah, we had a lot to talk we about. Did. We had a lot of catching up to do. Means next and week. it was San Diego Comic Con, which always adds a little bit. Of we didn't extra. even talk about half the shit that I came know. from it. Yeah. I had so much stuff uh, written out and was going to, and then I'm like, wait, no, I'm going to talk about this, cross off this, and then <laughs> what do I do with my notes? Surprise to our podcast this week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I guess, uh, with that, um, glad to be back. I don't see any hiatuses for the near future, but stay thirsty for that saga hiatus. Mm.